Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that puts the poor in extemporaneous. I am John, the uh, childhood friend, and uh, joined by Chad, the uh, tough guy with a softer side, uh, Charlie, the mysterious transfer student, <laughs> and Dylan, the shy, quiet one with a dark secret. <laughs> dark secret being all those bodies buried in his backyard. Maybe, I don't know. No, yes. no, it's going to be something I mean, much no. it's gonna be something much more interesting. He's an esper, or... Uh, I don't know. He communes with, with demons, or he can summon a a a small puppet doll that is alive that fights for him. I um, I think it's more likely he's just a secret serial killer. He, he feels responsible for his family's death, but they're not dead yet. No, that's why he keeps telling himself. Anyway, no, that is a dark secret, <laughs> right? It's a secret from everyone, including Dylan. Secret to everyone. Twelfth um, enemy holds the bomb. Anyway, <sighs> God. So, uh, how's everybody doing this week? Everybody good? No. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Why not? All right. Well, that's that's good. Oh, Chad said no. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm bulldozing right past that shit. <laughs> hey, I I know it farts when I hear one. Chad's always going to say no, even if he's doing eh, okay. Listen, Chad. Chad is in the same boat as the rest of us. Uh, he is uh, making that slow adjustment into adulthood, where he's realizing that his life, just like ours, will never be what we want it to be. Oh, I've realized that a long time ago. Well, you're older. Yeah. Than us. Um, I get I, off my lawn. I realized that a long time ago. I've just. I'm slowly stopping caring now. If I go on, if I go off your lawn, Chad, a horse is likely to take my place. <laughs> um, Elephant. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Some, some sort of animal. Maybe some chickens. Um, Yay, chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain lion. Cougar. Um, anyway, <laughs> did you guys see... Uh, the totally legit, can't possibly be fake video for hoverboards. No. Has uh, Christopher yes. Lloyd and Tony Hawk uh, in it. I'm just wondering what, what they're really selling. I don't know what they're really selling, but... Uh, it, it's a fake investor video for hoverboards since we're coming up on that. 2015. 15. And it, it's... The name of the company... It makes me think that it's really just kind of a viral ad. It, and that's the current thinking, is that it's some kind of viral ad for something else that's going to be launched because they've got a date that they're counting down to. Yeah, it's going to be for, you know, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skateboarder 5 or something. I think some it's more bullshit. Like something, you know, something completely unrelated to hoverboards and just completely out of left field, but it's going to be supposedly the next big thing that we're never actually going to nobody's ever actually going to use it's actually gonna be an ad for soda stream hey segway the segway changed the way we design cities you tell me it didn't (laughs) it 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 totally did not you are correct unless (laughs) unless you dick pelly strutting around athens and then that city hasn't really been changed the way it's designed so i'm glad someone believes me that's that's what matters to me i believe you it's just i don't know i i I can't picture it. I don't understand. I just don't understand. 
that's when Lord of Athens rides a Segway. Local humor for all the people that don't know who the fuck Dick Pelly is. Um, I think we just, I think calling him a slumlord, uh, that's slander or libel. It's, only, a, it's, it's only, only yeah, I was gonna say it's only slander if it's not true. It's only slander yeah. if we suddenly start mattering. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Still not slander. Mm-mm. We're good. Um. You know, I don't know. Do, doing news every week has really kind of burned us because not fucking anything going on, so I'm going to come up with some bullshit. Um, late, at the end of the episode, I am going to spoil the ever-loving fuck out of Lightning Returns because I want to talk about the uh, the secret ending and what it all means. Um, but in the meantime, um, I was thinking about some, some stuff this week, and I tweeted a little bit about it, um, and what got me thinking about this was uh, Roku announced that they're going to release a, a streaming stick for 50 bucks. It's going to be kind of a competitor to the Chromecast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's sort of a cheaper companion to some of Roku's uh, boxes and things like that. But yeah. um, I've been watching uh, Hog and I this week. Uh, I'm about halfway through it now, I think, or maybe more than that. Um I found myself on occasion wishing that I had digital copy of it so I could watch it, you know, like on a tablet or, you know, while I'm doing something else. Um, so I just kind of wondered, are we to the point where maybe, you know, blue, physical media is still useful, but maybe DVDs aren't so much? Like maybe we could replace DVDs with um, with with digital copy and things like that because... Mm-hmm. Uh, Chromecast is thirty-five bucks, and the the app support isn't quite there yet, but it's it's growing. So I, I kind of wonder. I have a, a kind of a tangent on digital copy. I've bought a few DVDs like that. It's been a few years, but I've never tried that just because I s- assume there's some sort of DRM or other program I have to yeah, install. I just but... like. Ah, I got the DVD. Screw, frankly, screw digital copy. Well, and, and frankly, if you've got the DVD, it's easy enough to make your own digital copy. Not if not if you got uh, not if you got it on Blu-ray, it's not. Yeah, that is. Yeah, Blu-ray's a little tougher, but DVD's fairly easy. Yeah, I I don't find myself buying many straight DVDs anymore unless I've, I'm buying older shows. I don't yeah. have a, a Blu-ray player yet, and I've got a lot of old stuff on DVD that I'm having that I'm going back and. Converting to the hard drive, uh, mainly because the the resolution's adequate enough for you know a tablet or the TV I've got to be fine. I just I, I I'm a little curious as to why the anime companies haven't um, looked into digital copy because they they will sell um, you know, digital versions of their shows on, like, Google Play and other places like that, where you can download it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, they haven't done, you know, like... They've done Blue- Blu-ray and DVD combo packs, but they haven't done, you know, like, Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, pay five bucks more. I heard that maybe that the anime industry in, in general, with that kind of thing, has always been kind of behind other 
content producers, for example, taking forever to start releasing things as actual, you know, box sets for a decent price instead of charging an arm and a leg for one volume at a time. Didn't know. I thought Funimation did something like that a while back, where if you like ordered or it was either ordered or pre-ordered this show, that you, they would actually send you a digital copy, or was it just that you could stream it while you were waiting for your physical copy to get there? Might might have been streaming. I don't know. I don't remember because I, I remember very clear, and maybe they never did it because it was at a. I remember them them bringing it up. I think it was at an industry thing at one of the conventions that they had this thing. I thought they said that they were doing it with some show or another where you could where you could buy a physical copy straight from them but in the meantime because who wants to wait you'd have a digital copy to watch but I, I it's such a fuzzy recollection that my guess is and, and this is not knowing anything about digital copy but my guess is the reason they're lagging behind is it's probably not like my guess is you have one group of people who are streaming. You have another group of people who are buying DVDs, not as many as they did years ago. I don't think that's completely disappeared, although for a lot of us, you know, it's digital become kind copy, of op- optional. Well, digital copy but, is one of those things that it's been there on a lot of DVDs, but the impression I get is a lot of people just haven't bothered using it because it's usually available on, you know, whatever streaming service exactly. as well. But, and, and, and I mean, it's there on the DVD, but the DRM's, DRM generally makes it such a pain in the butt that it's not worth dealing with. Yeah. And, and, my, and my guess is that, you know, the, the people who are offering digital copy are larger studios who have the ability to, you know, set up a good DRM service, who, who have that part of the process handled, have the resources to, to make sure that's a good experience and, instead of just... You know, checking the box that say, "Yeah, we have some sort of digital copy." I'm I'm so, gonna go the other way with a few points here. First of all, but, um, you know, when you're encoding these videos to DVD and Blu-ray, you're there's there's a process there, but you still have this video digitally somewhere on the file, so it's not that it's not that big of a no, expenditure. No, that's not the DRM. Not, the, D- the yeah. DRM's the only thing you have to do. But exactly. there's plenty of services that that you can go through to do that. Uh, well, the thing is, getting that done for how many people are going to use it. Yeah, my guess is it's not it's not I mean, something am, people are demanding enough that it merits the cost, and they don't have a big studio behind them that already has it in place, is kind mm-hmm. of what it's going for. Well, what, what I'm saying is, I don't think that it's that prohibitive a cost to, to make it. To, to, to yeah. at least test it out on a few shows. Um, and also, I always question uh, the anime industry when it comes to making smart and interesting decisions about releases. Because as you said, they have been slow to do things like releasing box sets of entire series instead of individual discs. They, but they were slow to do simulcasting. They were slow to, to do a lot of things. There's still, you know, there's still companies that will release a subtitle-only disc in this, the era of the simulcast. That I don't understand. What's wrong with that? Chad, there is no reason to buy a fucking subtitle-only DVD when I can watch it on the internet for free. You should at least put a dub on there if I'm going to pay you anywhere from 20 to $60 for a box set. The shows that they do that with, correct me if I'm wrong, 
tend to be more niche shows. That's fine, but if you're going to do a physical release, you may as you know, if it's so niche I, I that you're doing a physical it's release, you may as well do a dual language this release. Is, this is ones that this is ones that the market is small enough that they're that it's literally Then then don't do a physical release if it's that small that, that you don't think it's worth dubbing. Just put it on the internet. Get your get your money. I don't think that there's a big enough market of like subtitle only watchers who also buy discs because in the larger scheme of things, most of them just stream it off the internet. That's that's how the kids do it these days. Well, you know, and, and I know there's no way you can ever get numbers on this because part of it is illegal technically, but it would be, I think, really interesting to see. Of the of the of the audience that does watch a lot of like of the, of the subtitle watching audience, I, I I would be interested to see how it breaks down between people that are actually le- legally watching or actually purchasing um, purchasing what they're watching versus versus watching like because because they want to get the newest thing as quickly as possible so they watch more illegal stuff. Of course now with stuff like Crunchyroll I don't I don't even know if there's well, even if there's a necessity because there's so much stuff now that they are but between, subbing. between Crunchyroll and Funimation and Funimation does a lot of simulcasts uh, every year. There's yeah. not there's not a lot of purpose to it because you know if if you want to watch whatever's newest unless it's some really obscure show True. Um, you're you're gonna have access to it. You the know, the landscape, days. I guess. The landscape, I guess, is a lot different now than it was, what three, four, five years ago. Yeah. Whenever, whenever, like Crunchyroll started becoming, whenever they reformed their image and 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 went legit. Yeah, and started, but not just went legit, but started becoming like a bigger deal, like getting some serious, some serious attention. Um. You know, back in my day, we had subtitled VHS, and we were happy with it. No, we weren't. Nobody was happy with that shit, because it was, it was something that some, some asshole that kind of, sort of knew Japanese uh, did, like, as literal a translation as possible without really... You know, they, they just copied it, you know, this word means this, and then it came out yeah. all weird and shit. Well, no, they were happy with it at the time. Because at the time you didn't like looking back. Now you know, knowing what you have now, or if you know, if if you're if you're self from you know 1991, um, were able to realize what you in 2014 were going to have access to, be like, okay, fuck this. But at the time, at the time, it was still special because you're like, oh, you're part of like a special, you're part of a very a very small number of people that. A knows this even exists, and B is is enjoying it. So there was, even though you had to put up with really crappy subs and really crappy video quality, you there 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 was a one of the offsets was the exclusivity. You know the feeling that 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 feeling of exclusivity. I would say, I I for me I would disagree because I hated being like the only person that was into it. Like um, right right until. You know, college. Nobody even knew what anime was, and they just ostracized me even further from everybody else. Because I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, I I was already ostracized anyway because I was an asshole. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. But the anime and all that stuff didn't help. 
See, I, I guess make things any worse. I, I the two things going for me was I I was raised to be weird. Like I was told very explicitly, there's nothing wrong with being weird. Um, in fact, that makes you special. And I had a my best friend um, had and and no one younger than what twenty five is probably going to even know what I'm talking about. But one of my my best friend had a uh, membership to the uh, Columbia Record oh, House and got and had access to um, anime through it. So that's like that's the first time I saw, um, and that's probably it wasn't the first anime I saw to be honest. Because and I've gone over and I've talked about this in the podcast before. The first anime that I think I ever saw that wasn't like, oh well, this was a horrible dub too, but the first like sort of serious thing, even though it was a horrible edit, horrible dub, was the 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 hatchet job they did to Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Warriors of the Wind. Yes, which that. somehow my parents must have that recorded on... That was the on... first one that I remember seeing, too. Well, and, and, and my parents had must have found it on television, because I think it was on just a blank disc, a blank VHS, that they had recorded to, because we had one of those big, heavy, top-loading VCRs that was bigger than you were. But anyway, I digress. Um... We're reminiscing but, about the good old days. That's okay. Yeah, but um, but but the, for the the first stuff I watched that I knew was oh this is Japanese animation this is this is something different would have been the VHSs that he got which was like um, Akira Ghost in the Shell uh, was it Battle Angel Alita or yes something like that. yes um, I don't remember what that else those were the yeah, those were the three. Those were the three that I that I very distinctly remember. And I, I like Akira. I still hate to this day. But really, I, I I just I I could not I could not enjoy it all. And it all comes down to all the weird like flesh and vein organ crap at at that one point. And I'm just like I just shut my brain shut down. It could not process this because I have an overactive imagination. Um, but I. Like just it fell in love with Ghost in the Shell, I, and I really actually liked Banjo, uh, Battle Angel Alita as well. But but Ghost in the Shell was the one that's like, okay, this 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 is just fucking awesome. Ghost in the Shell is super good. Oh um, <sighs> man, I've never seen. And then granted, I've not seen everything Ghost in the Shell, but I've never seen a bad iteration of it. No, that, there's not one. It just doesn't. Which which is good. Nor should there be. So shall it always be. We hope. What the hell are we so talking so about? Um, Dreaming. I, I, I want I want digital copy for my anime. So when I buy it, that's, you know, I can watch it any way I want to. Yeah, I think that's I'm asking a completely, for the moon. I, no, I don't. Oh. Think, I think it's a completely legitimate request. And I and I and I am certain. I am I am I am certain. I would put money on it that. At least Funimation and probably a number of others have been mulling over. Okay. How can we do this? Is is there a market for it? Is it big enough for us to put in whatever um, investment? I think I think right now, even though things are improving, I and this is just, and this is an opinion backed up by almost nothing. So feel free to just completely stop listening to me. But I do kind of feel that we are still living very much in the shadow of the anime industry bubble bursting and i think as a result the companies that are still left and that are for and then have formed since are still playing a very conservative 
game. Like they, they, I think they're they're not going to be, they're going to be more reactionary than anything. They are they're not going to stick their neck out too far because it it in a you know in the blink of an eye you could see it all fall down around you again and then you either after a either a have to start all over or b look for another line of work and i, always, and I think we're going to be like that for a while i always feel like that exacerbates the problem when when you're being too conservative and being too reactionary oh um, absolutely because i feel like there you know there's a difference between being reckless and always pushing the boundary and making smart decisions you know looking at the landscape saying oh well you know this this would be a good idea, you know, or making adjustments to pricing, or you know, finding other ways of you know giving revenue that serve your customer base in a, in a good way. And I think, you know, they they do some of these things in smart ways. Like speaking of of, of sort of digital releases with anime, I love what they do um, with some of the older shows where you know. You can you can catch most subtitled shows in their entirety for free, but for other people like me who are better served with dubs, they'll occasionally roll out an older dub, you know, maybe a year or two old, uh, onto Hulu or something, or onto the Funimation website for you know maybe a month or something, where you can just watch it for free and you can you know get the ad revenues and whatever. And you know if it's a show that I really really like, you know, I'll go out and buy the DVD so I can own it. But uh, I, I kind of like that because it gives me a little bit more, I you know, having two episodes dubbed doesn't do a lot for me because I'm not going to form an opinion on a show in two episodes. No, no you can't. I, unless, I guess, unless it just blows you away, you really need at least three on up to like five or six to start forming an educated opinion. Right. I, I don't know. It's after two episodes, it's kind of a thing where, okay, I'll keep it keep this in mind if I see it on a really good sale or if I find it at like a McKay's a, a used bookstore type of thing then yeah um, but the thing about digital copy though I don't know that it's prohibitively expensive but I think being niche they can't necessarily afford to be the leader on this and it's there it's only going to seem like a smart risk to take in, in putting the money into that when you know that in like mainstream releases that becomes a standard thing people say no I'm not going to buy that edition I'm going to buy the one with digital copy because that's the thing I want mm. ultimately I don't think there are a lot of people who have a you know big media server at home that they're you know just stuffing video onto okay so let me let me do this um, a lot of Funimation shows, not all of them, but there are a few that are up on uh, the Google Play Store. Now, I understand a lot, not everyone's going to be into using uh, Google Play, okay? But let me just use this as an example, because it's, it's easy, it already exists. Um, if I buy a digital copy, why not just give me a promotional code that gives me access to that content? Because first of all... It's just on the account. I can pull it whenever I need to. I don't need a huge media server because mm. it's it's just locked into that account. If I want to watch it, I can either stream it from, from Google Play. I can download it to whatever device I'm watching it on, however I want to go about it. Well, that's, again, if, if you do that, that's a major online service that they have to not only set up, 
but they're actually going to have to keep running. But okay. my my point is is that they're already doing it. Mm. The, the the shows are already on there. I'm saying as you expand the number of shows that are on that service, you know, why not have an option where I can put oh. in a, put in a code and get that or even if they have it on several different services, maybe you go to Funimation's website, you type in the code, and it says, you know, what service do you want this for? Choose one. You choose it, it sends you there, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're saying, like, buy it on Google Play or on something like that? I'm saying you buy it physically. They send you a code, or however, you know, whatever they end up doing. You know, I'm just using this as a hypothetical. They uh, give you a code with your actual disc, you know, like a little insert inside that says, uh, this is your digital copy, type in this code, and then you get it on that service. My guess is, I, I don't know if that's something that they can just give away. Like, I mean, Google, Amazon, whatever, they're, you know, they have some control over what you can and can't do. So my, my guess is, you know, the anime companies aren't big enough to go to Google and say, hey, we'd really like you to be able to give us, you know, X number of codes. Well, here's here's what they've done in the past. They have released episodes for free through that service. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't see that they're... If, they can, if, if they're big enough to go to Google and say, we want to, you know, make these shows free for a limited time, I don't see why they couldn't do something like that where, you know, I think the somebody's still getting their money. I think the difference is the promo codes feature. I don't know if that's... Like I said, if that's something that, um, you know, like mainstream releases start doing, Google Play is going to um, to promote that. Right now, Google Play has no reason to want to do that because Google Play gets their money from... Um, but they would, But Google Play wouldn't even necessarily need to curate the promo code. It, it could be something that Funimation could do on their end that could send them to something where, you know, it's like you purchase this for free. Hmm. You know, it's not something that you can access through the store normally. I I, I don't have a, a reference point for how you know the the logistics of this work from I, any sort of programming standpoint. I'm just saying it seems doable. It it's doable, but whether it's possible is one thing whether you know the the stores that they're selling through they're kind of at the mercy of the stores that they're selling through in one sense i mean you know like i said i don't think an anime company is big enough to go hey we'd really like it if you let us you know because you know, well, play is going to want their cut off of that video for hosting it providing the distribution network. Sure they are, and that's going to be reflected in the cost of it, but you know, I I don't I don't think the anime industry is the only people that that are doing this. I mean, some people are going through like ultraviolet or mm. yeah, um, voodoo or whatever. I, you know, I I think there's room for anime somewhere in that market. But that's mm-hmm. that's slightly different than digital copy where like a lot of digital copy it's like, well, we'll give you a file, but it's probably DRM. Like I said, I think I think they're gonna have to follow the industry on this one because um, I can't imagine. That, like, I would. I I think I would. I would love. This is another thing that you, you know you'd love to see is like a breakdown of of what the cost would be for digital copy versus like a physical release, like just straight digital copy versus just straight physical release, um, and and that's. I mean, it would be easy to get. 
for for someone to be able to pro- provide you know this is our this is this is what the cost to the consumer will be for a physical copy but it's going to be it would be like, i think slightly more difficult for digital because unless they already have again like the stuff to do the DRM and whatever you you'd have to figure in you know implementation costs and there's there's going to be like a lot of one time costs and stuff like that that would kind of be yeah. That you figure, well, this is going to be deferred over, or this, you know, you're going to split this up over however many releases throughout a number of years. But, you and, know, and the risk you there to... is if the industry goes a different direction. Right now, it seems like mainstream releases, the industry is perfectly happy having that division between, you know, all the online stores and physical. But if they take the wrong direction, then that's something that they have to keep paying for even after yeah. it looks kind of like a relic. So. Though I think there, I think there's some room though that say, I mean, let's say Funimation as an example. If you know, if they looked into it, which I'm again, I am sure a lot of those companies, there's been somebody at some meeting that said, "Hey, I think we should do this." Um, so I don't know if they've run numbers, but again, if they could get back to that cost of Okay, this is what it would cost us to produce a just digital copy of this show, you know, or of a show. Like, you know, just ju- sort of average out the numbers. And then actually, it would be cool if you could, if, if, if they would just like post that to the people that use their stuff and say, just tell us, does this price seem reasonable? I mean, like, would you actually use this? If we were selling this as just digital copy for this amount, uh, you know, as an average cost for a show, you know, or per episode or whatever, what would you would you actually pay that? You know, and and in Funimation's case, they already do have a streaming service, yeah. and the only reason I I wouldn't recommend like just including like a three month subscription or something like that to the streaming service is that shit on uh, tablets mm. because the actual picture isn't any bigger than what it would be on your cell phone, like it's oh. really tiny. That and that's an annoyance that I find with a number of of tablet related things is that the 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 it everything thinks that you must be using your cell phone like everything I use on my tablet it tends to default to oh you're probably on a cell phone and enjoy this mobile version which which may not be as good really yeah it, feel, it feels like you've stretched out the image most of the time. say what Chad most of the time in the browser settings. There's an option to always uh, do desktop, always do mobile, oh, and cool. on depending on which browser you're using, yeah. sometimes they're smart enough to at, at least like Silk, the the Kindle Fire's browser, mm-hmm. has a setting where it attempts to use whatever it thinks looks better, and you can always manually switch, but um, it usually knows which one's going to work best. Well, even yeah, on yeah. even on apps, I, I know this is a disparity where it feels like, you know, the apps, apps are one apps are one that they specifically have to be resized. Yeah. Yeah, and also if you're full screening video, there's different aspect ratios on at least on Android, so it's probably like all over the place. Like they could be targeting a completely it's... different resolution. I I blame the fucking fucks that make phones. Yes, there, there are a lot of problems with fragmentation there, and I, I hate to say it because I am not really a fan of Apple. It, just like 
having one resolution and one screen or not one resolution, but one aspect ratio, one form factor, um, kind of makes sense in some cases. It solves a lot of problems. Well, yes, but then you know, there, there's also only one manufacturer exactly. of the iPhone, so like, you know, there's whereas there's, there's good, I don't know twenty people making Android phones. It's almost the. I will say I did like what uh, Microsoft attempted to do with Windows Phone 7, which was, okay, here's the minimum spec. Like, here's what you have to have. There are going to be two form factors, and I don't know if that changed when 8 hit. But Dylan, that's if you can utter the words Windows Phone without snickering, you probably Dude, work for Microsoft. I, I don't. Like, Windows Phone, such a great <laughs> idea, such a horrible reception marketing i don't know i don't know what <laughs> failed but something did <laughs> something went terribly wrong uh, it wasn't a huge improvement over you know windows mobile which to be fair windows mobile was pretty good back in the day but remember when microsoft used to make good products me neither no nope. um anyway i don't know windows 97 was pretty good all downhill from there. Uh, Windows 7 was okay. Windows Vista apparently wasn't so great. 7 was okay. 8 is weird. It's like they, they have the Star Trek movie thing where, you know, every odd, other odd one numbers. Is, yes. Every other one is fine. Uh, anyway. Yeah. What's next? Fuck if I know. Why am I doing all the work? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and we're we're just lying here and letting you do it. I know. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to find me another woman. <laughs> I mean, you want know, to talk about just not, you know, taking me right out of the mood. Just make me do all the work. <laughs> you, you can at least try a little. God. Yeah, Dylan. Don't even know how to romance a guy. Dylan does not, let me tell you. Oh. Anyone do anything great this week? Nope. No. Nope. Wait, did I? No. Wait. Maybe. Probably not. No, I don't think so. Okay. Actually, I watched is... the I watched the Oscars last Sunday, and that was it. Maybe I'm it was sorry. Yeah, it was. Was was, I... was that Daryl's doing? Yes. Okay, I was about to say, tell me that was Daryl's doing. And Elizabeth's, like they were both like, oh, we're gonna watch the Oscars. So like, okay. What? Why? I don't know. They they like the Oscars. I was. I, I am extremely apathetic about the Oscars. I I here's, don't know if I watched any movies in the theater in 2013. I didn't. I watched a number, but here's a brief admission. Like, I actually do not dislike Ellen DeGeneres. I her old stand-up. I use. I, I loved. I really did. I don't know what the hell she was doing during the Oscars. I don't know. She's, she's become a daytime talk show host now. I guess so. Or it's, or it's, you really have to just like water yourself down because you can't really risk like offending anybody, especially anybody in the audience. And like, I mean like the, the, the people there physically in the audience, I mean, or maybe it goes out to so many people. You have to try to appeal to so many people that you end up appealing to no one, but Oh, good God. Like, there was there were a few moments where like oh that's kind of funny, 
And then you have, then like three or four segments later, you're like, they, they're really still using this joke. They, they used it once, and you get, you got to chuckle at it. Hey, fair enough, Ellen. Fair enough. I, why are we, this is the third, fourth time that you're bringing this up, but are you trying to point, like, are you so proud of that joke that you think you need to, like, keep reminding people of that joke? She's trying to get high-fived from somebody, works for me. Oh, God, I wish somebody had high-fived her just so she could have moved on to a new joke. I saw retweets of the selfie image, and I was just like, I I, I saw a retweet of Kevin Spacey, uh face on everybody else's face. That was pretty hilarious. The best, <laughs> Actually, the funniest thing, the funniest thing that happened, the entire Oscars, apparently happened on the red carpet, and it was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch photobombing people. I, I think remember, I saw I, that. I can't remember who it was now that he photobombed. You too? Like, Everybody. Oh, yes, it was you too. I, Thank God. He needs I, to take them down the peg. I absolutely loved that. Because it does not, like, I, for whatever reason, I guess because of what I've seen him in, like I can only think of Benedict Cumberbatch as like this very serious person, and and so that took me by surprise. That was that was easily the best moment. Everything else was cringeworthy, almost at best. <laughs> it really, Busted. really. I don't remember if I actually saw any movies in theaters. Wait, wait, wait. Are Daryl or Liz there with you to hear you talking about the Oscars? That's so. unfortunate. Eh, I would have said it anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah, agreed. Um, I I enjoy being a dick, so it's okay. I still love you. Oh, I love you too. So who who would you guys want to host the Oscars? It can be anybody. It could even be a boat. <laughs> you know how much we've wanted one of those. Oh, I, oh I honestly my do not care. No, I I'm just saying, pick somebody. Like I. I don't care about the Oscars. I don't expect any of you to care about the Oscars. Who would make you care? Who would who would you tune in and be like, oh shit, this person's on. I gotta fucking watch this. Got it. Liam Neeson as John Taken. <laughs> like he like he he is not there as Liam Neeson. He is in character as John Taken the entire time. And at some point there's a segment where he is attacked by wolves and fights them off with his bare hands. I wanna see him face punching a wolf. There you go. You want to make me watch the Oscars? You have John taken the wolf punching. I, I don't know what being an Oscar host involves, so I. Well, if you're John taken, it involves know. punching, making wolves terrible jokes. And it it involves being on fucking TV for four hours. I don't know that there's anyone, literally anyone, that would be like, "Oh, gotta see them," you know? Like, no, I will see them doing stand up or in TV or you know. I, I will see the other work that they do, but there are Oscars hosting. It's it's still the Oscars. Right, what is the cast of Community? <laughs> that's that's how, how long's the horrible. Oscars? That's a pretty good slog. Well, they could th- they could probably throw it over to uh, the cast of Arrested Development for the for the second half. Yep. Yeah, it's almost like you have no reason not to watch that now. Almost like I have no reason to watch it. I, it sounds like you have a number of reasons, but, you know, far be it from me to, to tell you what to but do. But it's still the Oscars. Like, I'm guessing part of the problem you have with the Oscars is not the people hosting it, but the people, you know, writing it and what the, the goals are. 
I don't know. My problem is that it's just it wasn't terribly entertaining for the for the amount of time that I put into it because I'm not personally like the only the only time I was like okay I know what has to win was when they got to like the full length animated feature because at first like um there I mean there were a couple decent ones and then they say Frozen I'm like okay yeah Frozen was really good I saw that it was really good and then they had how Miyazaki's last film I was like that one if you do not let that one win because that is I guess supposedly his last film didn't Frozen win yeah Frozen did. won that's okay. but because and uh, then they and then they had uh, Johnny Manziel or whatever her name was uh, come up and saying I don't know because John Travolta just fucked it up so bad. Holy crap! Okay, just, having having watched the whole thing, if there because it seemed like they, I mean, there must have been a teleprompter. It either everybody was nearsighted, or or the teleprompter was just horrible because there were so many. I mean, granted, that one was just. Like, how do you do that? You, that was your only role. Like, it's not like he presented a lot of things. He had to do one thing. Mr. Travolta, you cannot get stage fright at this stage in your game. No. You are not allowed. Satan's. He just couldn't be bothered to learn Adina Menzel's name. I blame Zenu. I'm surprised that that's not what he called her. That would have been funny, at least. Oh, Adina Zenu. That would have been... That would have been amazing. I don't know what the deal was, but there were the so many people that either like either like tripped over a word, or just it seemed stunted, or it, and 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 I was like, okay, either the either the teleprompter's bad, or suddenly all these people that get paid to be in front of a lot of people and say and do things suddenly have gotten stage fright. And not not all that. of them are. This is live in one take, and I'm guessing that's yeah. probably the. And, and That's problem. Things are gonna go on, wrong. Hold on. Now you're assuming though that none of these people ever had to do live theater. That oh, they just went straight to te- television and movies. I'm not saying they didn't, but that's probably not a thing that is that they're doing now. I'm I'm sorry. No, 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 no. And I'm gonna tell you because this is their job: being in front of people in some form or another, saying and doing things for 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 others' entertainment. That is your job. Okay, fair enough. Um, I just, that that is all you do, and you get paid a lot of money to do it, which means you should be good at it. I I don't know that there's much of an excuse for then being that bad. (laughs) Unless you were on some very, very serious narcotics, which is a possibility. Especially for John Travolta. No, wait. Scientologists avoid that kind of thing, right? He might have been better on some. But I just—I like can't. how you're personally angry about the Oscars, the thing just, you don't care about. I lost a lot of my life to that. I just have a hard time watching awards shows in general because it's—it's it's four hours of self-congratulation. Yeah, that's true. It really is. It's four hours of the cool kids patting each other on the back. I won't—I won't disagree with that. I won't. I, I, I do have to point out that we might be in some sort of alternate reality because in the reality I, uh, that I came from, uh, Matthew McConaughey was a really bad actor. That was... Oh. Oh, his his speech was one of those weird, like, okay, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, you're kind of pissing me off. What do you mean? Because he was so... like, Was it like a good thing stated in an insane way? I don't... 
I don't, I, maybe it's because it was Matthew McConaughey that said it, so it comes off kind of douchey. <laughs> oh. I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just, I mean, I don't know, because there's part of me that like, okay, you know what? That is an honest speech, and it's not terribly, um, self-serving. Ter- ter- well, no, not exactly self, but yeah, egocentric. But because he did the whole thing of, you know, my. Somebody asked me who my hero was when I was 15. Oh, and yeah. Came back and later said, it's me at 25. And when that same person asked me at 25 who my hero was, I said, it's me at 35. So that, you know, he, well, ne- he never he, he never quite gets there. I exactly see I, I see exactly what you're trying to say there. Yes. I mean, it's not it's not actually necessarily a bad point. I mean, it's because it's at least interesting. And nobody's going to make that crap up because it does seem kind of egocentric. So you're not just going to offer that up as, as a, as, as, you know, and not mean it. So I can say it's truthful, and that from a certain perspective, it's not even necessarily, it's not, it's not necessarily even unadmirable, um, because it makes an interesting point. And anyway, but maybe it's because of who said it. It was like, I don't know. I've heard a lot of good a, things. You're such a tool food. bag. You heard things about what? True Detective, which is he, which he is in. That's the first time I've heard like, oh no, he's actually a really good actor now. Okay. <laughs> okay, just okay. Sure. I don't know. It's been so. recommended to me several times, so. But uh, so I don't know. Like I said, the only time I actually got personally, the only time, and like I said, I think it's for people that feel personally invested in some of these things, yeah. for whatever reason. And the only time that I did was for the for the full-length animated feature where I wanted Miyazaki to win so badly. Every every other category is like, whatever. And then Gravity seemed to be winning everything, and I was like, fuck Gravity. Nobody saw Gravity. Nobody cares. I, I That was my first response when I first saw the trailer for Gravity, because, you know, it's George Clooney and who is it, Sandra Bullock. I'm like, yeah. no, fuck this movie. Fuck everyone who's involved with this movie. This is just, you know, the worst piece of shit. And I heard it's really good, but I'm just like, no, fuck you. You've got George Clooney and fucking Sandra Bullock. You are, you know, catering to the lowest fucking denominator. I don't, I don't necessarily see how that's lowest denominator. Because, nipples? okay, tell okay. me somebody who just actively does not like one of those two people. Is the okay, safest move. Okay, I see what move. you're saying. Okay. I, I, I still wish they had just named it Clooney in Space. Yeah, I'm, it would be a great movie if you, you know, put any other competent actor in there, but I'm pretty sure that somebody said, no, we need headliners, so they just brought in Clooney and Sandra Bullock. I don't even know what it's about. It, so it's, like, about it's about gravity! About it's about gravity. It's in the title. It's a Very documentary. Much. I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things that I, I really... I am, I am not a fan of the movies that Sandra Bullock... Um, the, the roles she chooses to take. Um, it's good on her. in space. Here's the thing, though. I mean, good good on her for working with Alan Tudyk. That really, that I'm sure that improved her game. Wait, what? Uh, what? When did Not she Gravity. work? With... There, the, she did a movie that had uh, Alan Tudyk in it as a gay German, as I recall. Oh, and also had Viggo Mortensen in it. Um, that sounds like an awesome movie. It's it sounds like that. It sounds like a zombie or outbreak movie. Twenty-eight days. This? It's either twenty-eight because twenty-eight days later, I think, was like the zombie one. Or what or is it with Alan Tudyk playing gay German people? I don't know. Alan Tudyk can play anything. Let's just let's just go ahead and say it. 
Apparently, he's like the go-to guy for German accents. Alan Tudyk is the poor man's Stephen Root. Because Stephen Root is the the most highly uh, undervalued actor in all of Hollywood. And the rich man's Steve Rasnick. Um, (laughs) Why spend enough Dylan insults me? Why does everyone else? When does Dylan insult you? When you're not... In your dreams? Is, he, when you're trying to stick a horse cock up his ass? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but I, no. I'm, I'm going through IMDb and I cannot figure out what movie you're talking about there. I'm not saying he didn't play, but... Uh... I, I, and I could be wrong, except that I'm not. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. IMDb has got turned to shit over the last few years, so... No longer and, as comprehensive as you think it would be. Yeah. Um. Uh, Are we sure it wasn't something like? Let's see. He was in Knocked Up. He was. I've not seen That's, that. That movie was okay. terribly long. Oh, there is. He was in Twenty Eight Days as Gerhardt. So okay. Twenty Eight Days. About. Okay, that sounds. Yes, that does sound like Twenty Eight Days Later, but. 28 Days. <laughs> the sequel to 28 Days. 28 oh, Days Later. And I actually forgot that he's in Frozen, by the way. Oh, yeah? I can't really? remember who he plays, because the character's just Duke. I don't, I, and I think I know maybe who that is, but I'm not even sure. He was but he's in, in it. He was in Wreck-It Ralph, which blew my mind. Again, Alan Tudyk, is, he sneaks into things. He, just, he was in Arrested Development, apparently. There you yes, go. Of course he no, I knew that. Of course you did. No, because he's like the he's the pastor, like the uh, evangelical pastor of uh, Michael Sarah's character's girlfriend. He was in okay. Now, according to IMDb, which again could be a damn dirty liar, he was in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter as Stephen A. Douglas. Well, but it says uncredited, so. I I don't know. How do we really know that happened? Exactly. Well, somebody would have to watch the movie, and I'm not going was, to be that person. He was in a TV miniseries called Airship Dracula. Why have we not seen this? <laughs> Airship what? Dracula. What? If this, if he, and he, he's he's called Captain Ziga. Um, if this is if this is like a steampunk Dracula thing, we oh, must God. see it. It's. Oh, we must see it. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'm supposedly gonna... Paul Sorvino's in it. Supposedly Paul Sorvino. Again, I heard that name, IMDb but I don't is... know who that is. IMDb could just be the fucking with me at this point. Years. Really? Okay. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna look what? it up on Paul Sorvino was the I I only know him from uh from the earlier years of uh or early mid years of Law and Order. No, Did you say Airship Dracula? Also, Airship Dracula. No? I may be misremembering. It is a TV miniseries. Wow. Okay. How have we... Did it how... air on sci-fi or something? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh. It's not on Can I Stream It? <laughs> oh. This is not... This is amazing. I, I think this is like something somebody put in IMDb just to troll people. It doesn't really exist. I... Oh, we need to find it. We've got to find it. 
This is I think where it we may are be an, now, huh? Airship Dracula. I think it may be an animated yep. thing. I don't care what it is. It has supposedly Paul Sorvino and Alan Tudyk in it. How can we not watch that? I'm, I'm sending a link. Can we call ourselves American? Yes. I don't I don't know that we can. Oh. Does it have Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter in it, too? I hope so. <sighs> well, why would it... Just because it has Dracula doesn't mean it has... Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln on a fucking airship hunting Dracula. How about the, you know, the the FDR with the action wheelchair or whatever? <gasps> they, why have they not done that with they, FDR? They, they did! Make... We Wait, talked did? about it a while they... back. There's a movie that... I don't remember shit about shit. I don't either. I don't remember what it's called, but there's a really fucked up FDR movie. Huh. Oh, I know what you're... I remember what you're talking about, and yet... uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Yep. I'm sending another link. (laughs) Makes for exciting podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, FDR American Badass, that's what it was. Wow. I don't even... I don't even know... I would have thought it would have been Teddy Roosevelt, American Badass. That would also be good. Teddy Roosevelt. How about Teddy Roosevelt versus, like, werewolves or something? Yeah, he definitely needs to fight werewolves. Yeah. I would watch that. Who wouldn't? Let's be honest. Oh. Played by, like, I don't know, Wilford Brimley or something. Isn't he dead? Nope. Still kicking it. I think he's too old to be, because I'm thinking you have to, you, you, it has to be Teddy Roosevelt pre-presidency, like, he's charging up San Juan Hill against a bunch of werewolves. I think, uh, sh- I, I think DMX should play him, so him and his Rough Riders can take charge. No, no, but DMX should be in it as one of the Rough Riders, I absolutely believe this. <laughs> I, ab- I, I, I shit thee not, that should be a real casting decision. I think DMX might die before Wilfred Brimley does at this rate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to to take like. At this point, I'm kind of done with uh, ironic movies. Like it, it has to be really good for me to be interested. This is not ironic. This is this is, no. this is real talk. This, this is, is the realist. Talk. This is some real conversation for your ass. Okay. We're gonna. We're gonna make this movie happen. We're are, gonna, are we're you gonna... are you making air quotes where, while you say real? No. Um. No. No. You're doing it right now as you're saying no, aren't you? Uh. Of <laughs> course not. Uh-huh. And if I just... were, I'd only be quoting someone that once said no. Said no. I'm certainly not meaning it ironically, because that would be ridiculous. Out of curiosity, though, did you see The Wind Rises? I have not seen that yet, no. I, okay. I want to. I actually did make a point Good. to get out to the um, the downtown west and see it. This oh, it, it was actually showing there? Yes. Damn it, I have really got to keep up with what they're showing. I really want to see, and I don't know if any of you have seen the trailer for it, because I've seen it on a lot on like demand, but I don't see it in a lot on live television. Um, uh. The Grand Budapest Hotel? Yes, they had a preview for that before this. And it okay. Looked, 
I've never seen a Wes Anderson movie, so... I haven't either, but this one... Hipsters love them, so, you know. This one actually looks funny, though, so I, I kind of want to give that one a try. Um, but when I looked it up on Fandango, because it, it, okay, it released on Friday, this the, this last Friday. Yeah. And I, I get on Fandango, like, oh, you know what? Off chance, maybe, like, a theater... Because I was in Chattanooga at the time, and I was like, you know, maybe a theater in Chattanooga is going to have it this weekend. Maybe. And if not, I thought maybe downtown Boulevard West would. And I don't know if Fandango was just fucking with me. But I was like, okay, I want to look up this movie. Here's my zip code. What do you got for me? And it's like, sure, we can we can make that happen as long as you're willing to wait until April and go to Columbus, Georgia. That's, wait, that, was, that was the only option. I think maybe, like... I within think... my radius was Columbus, Georgia... And early April. I think maybe Downtown West uh, just, like, is a little bit late on showing movies. Just because every time I've seen a movie there, it's, like, empty. Well, and here's the thing, though. Then I was like, okay, maybe maybe because it, I'll put in Chattanooga's zip code, you know, maybe the radius that it looks at wasn't including Knoxville. So I put in Knoxville's, or uh, I put in Knoxville, Tennessee, and, and, and do the exact same search. And Columbus, Georgia. Columbus, Georgia in April. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I... <laughs> See... They may not know I have finally honed psychic powers. I know these things. Also, you know Fandango sucks. So, you've got That's... also got that going for you. I just... I don't know. It, it showed... It showed the that... wind rises there. I, so. I need to see. I need to actually look them up and see what they're it's... actually playing right now. But... Because I know at one point you were talking about seeing uh, Inside the Oh, room. yes, I did want to see that and, and have not yet. I think that is gone. Dang. I did. I like the album for that, but... Oh, really? Of course I would. Cause, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I actually... Uh, I heard a lot of mixed reactions on The Wind Rises, and I was like, well, if it's out there, I want to make a point and just you know, go out and see it. Um... But thoughts on it? it? It's like a little over two hours, so I think that probably contributes to a lot of the mixed reactions. Oh. You know, like, hour and a half, most most of his previous movies, or the last couple movies he's done, have been an hour and a half. Yeah. I think it's really weird because it's a biographical film, even though they're creating, you know, crazy... Um, you know, they're taking a lot of artistic license. Like, if you listen to the Awesome Cast episode, really, they pretty much said everything I thought, and I listened oh. to it after that I saw it. Um, is he? He like he? The love story is kind of inserted from a completely different story called The Wind Is Rising, I think, or like a completely different novel. It's oh, bizarre. But it's still kind of a biographical film in the sense that it follows. Um, you know, real life. It's not like, even like from up on Poppy Hill is just completely bizarre, even though it's all real. Mm -hmm. Mainly because of the incest route. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. But you know, it it's kind of like watching like if if you watch like a bunch of superhero movies and then you go watch some indie film and you're confused by the fact that the main character is neither like he's not like the heroic romantic hero and he's not like the you know evil mustache twirling anti-hero 
you're going to be confused. And I kind of feel like, I don't know if that's how Miyazaki meant it, but I kind of feel like that's what this is because um, he really, like there's a couple of scenes that just made him come off as this flawed, this sort of workaholic businessman, except he's not doing it to get ahead. He's doing it to chase his dream. Mm. And instead of doing what most Western movies do and take that trope of the workaholic businessman and play it in like the minor key, it's like, eh, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's also intended to be personal. So of course they don't make it pro or anti-war, even though it's anti-war, you know, it downplays a lot of the pro-war elements and the, the, person's real life because Miyazaki's a godless liberal and yes. an environmentalist um, as is uh, put forth in his work yes <laughs> I don't know it was okay but it oh. wasn't great yeah speaking of uh, godless liberals have you heard this one about the upcoming Noah movie don't care the uh, <laughs> oh, the, the right wing the, the right wing uh, young earth creationists are apparently angry because it's not historically accurate. I think you could have stopped our, after are apparently angry. You could, have, you could have stopped it's before that. Why angry that changes, you, you could have stopped at Noah, the movie, and I would be like, okay, well, whatever, that's fine. I, I just wanted that to sink in for a second. Nope. Sorry. I, well, it is apparently going to be bizarre, but I did, I think I read something where there are actually some people who are kind of, you know, I don't want to say fundamentalist, but more the religious right type of people that actually did like it because here's it here's the here's the thing. Here's why I no longer even bother to argue with um, the really like ultra creationist biblical literalists anymore. Is that and this is this is basically the way I look at it is. Because you have started from this perspective that everything must be literally true, you then have to prove it, basically. You're, you're, throughout your life, you're going to be asked to continually prove it, and you're going to have to come up with ever more elaborate reasoning for why it is so. Yep. Which means you end up putting a fuckload of your life's work... Yes. Into this task that is essentially yes. meaningless because you could just say, you know what? I wasn't there exactly. I don't know. I can have faith in this. I don't have to be a dick. Um and well, I can get along with everyone and I can get on with my life. Here so 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 they have already committed way more of their energy cuz you have to. You have cuz you have to look, you have to do all this research. You have to do all of this all of these 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 jumps in logic as well. To come up with something that might fit into this sh into this into this box that you've created, and after having done all that, you just exhaust yourself. And for me to argue against that person, I thus have to exhaust myself. Well, that's and, I and, mean, and then how am I any better than them? I am better off just saying, you know what, I'm I I can't possibly win this with you, no matter how much I no matter how much I can put forward that I think is reasonable and, and maybe not to disprove anything you believe, but just say, maybe you're coming at it from the wrong perspective. I, I, I have to commit so much of my life's energy to that. I'm, you know what? I get tired. I get tired. 
I get I get I get winded quite easily. I I have other things. Prove it by this. Well, no, I. I well, no, I, I'm like an alligator. I am good for short bursts of speed, so I cannot. I can't really waste any of those bursts on those people anymore. And and I, and to get away from him, you have to move in in a serpentine fashion. True, but I, I do agree in the sense that, like, even if you watch the <laughs> Bill Nye versus Ken Ham debate, and it won't. What, okay, I, I watch bits and pieces just to see what the hell. I don't want to go into that, but you're, you're right. Like they're not selling a scientific theory. Um, they're not even selling. I don't know. They're, they're selling a house of cards. Yes. Like they're selling you both the scientific and religious angle where they're selling bullshit. Yes, exactly. Like they're selling the house of cards it's not and, and you're right. They've, they've, they've built it up so long that um, you can't just unmake it. And then you can't you can't argue against any one part of it, because if you are able to argue successfully against one part, then it all then the, the rest of it then can crumble. And again, they've in, so they've invested so much time, and they have to no matter no matter what you could put forth, they have to believe that with a tenacity that you are probably never going to shake loose. These are the same, and honestly, I think these are the same people that become really aggressive atheists. I think so too, because the people I've talked to like that, who have kind of the quote unquote internet atheist who like it's, it always seems to be a reaction to that sort of fundamentalism. And you can come at them, you know, they can say, well, you know, the Bible wasn't, you know, whatever they, uh, it wasn't written the way fundamentalists say, Yes, you know, you know, Christianity has known that for a long time. Yep, but they've you've had to, at, at this point you've had to build up such a rigid, oh yeah, faith system that it can't bend. All it can do is break. Which is why I say a lot of those people, when you, I, th I think a lot of those people, when you look at the really aggressive, militant atheists, when you hear a lot of the stories or some of the stories that I've heard of those people, the these are the traditions that they came out of, and I'm like, no wonder. Yeah, of course. When something, when life throws you something that you can't, that that your your already constructed your your box can't handle, of course it's going to break, and then you're just going to be left angry. And then you're going to replace it with another brittle, certain, absolute uh, state. I actually don't think that's the case from what I've seen of a lot of people. I, I'm not it saying it's the case, case all, but, all of them, but there is there is a niche of of that. Um. I don't know, though. I think, like I said, I think what they're selling and what they have to continue selling is the, the entire house of cards, not just their yeah. justification. Yeah, you, have to, you can't just partially invest in that. You have to invest everything in that. Like, well, that's the, why that's, Netflix puts up the whole season all at once, so you can invest in all of <laughs> yeah, House of Cards to, all to at get once. Back to the... <laughs> but, but no, what I was saying, like that's, that's kind of what was disappointing about the uh, Nye versus Ham debate was he would make these, you know, Ken Ham was like, well, no, I don't take the Bible literally. Some of it's poetry, some of it's history, some of it's this, some of it's that. But he was the one who was defining how those are divided up. Someone who had the religious and theological background could have wiped the floor with him. Never convinced him, but it would convince a lot of people who are currently buying his 
House of Cards. Uh, let's let's put Charles Ensminger into uh, the next round of that debate. Yeah, did that happen? Well, mm. someone. I, I'm just think, saying someone who has both the scientific and religious background to just be able to counter a lot of it instead of going, yes, uh, plenty of people of faith also believe in evolution. Yeah. <sighs> So anyway, I don't know what the hell we were talking about. I don't know. I'm I said sorry I took us down that road. I, I I have a segue from that, but I want to save it for the very end of the podcast. Um, oh yes, you do. Which I is right now, like because or do we have anything else? Uh, recommendations. Uh, oh, wait, are you are you doing your lightning returns thing after recommendations? Yeah, yes, I I am okay. saving it for the very end so people can be like, okay, you know, I'm gonna tune out. I'm done. Because I'm going to wreck the shit out of this game. Alright. Who's going first? I guess I can if you guys need some Go. time. Um, Tara Platt, a former guest, has a YouTube channel. She's been putting up some videos lately. Um, not, the, not necessarily the kind of thing that I would normally go out of my way to watch, but since it's her, um, I, I kind of made the point to watch some of the things she's been doing. She's been doing something that she calls the 365 Project, where she's basically taking an entire year and, and once a day writing down uh, things about herself that she likes. And she also talks about some interesting sort of personal struggles and things like that uh, on each of the videos. She does about one a week. Hmm. Um, it's an interesting watch, uh, I will say, because I'm I'm not the kind of person that usually buys into a lot of the self-awareness or, or self-improvement uh, kind of things. And I think part of that is my uh, psycholo- my psychology background. Uh, having studied psychology in college, um, you kind of see how, this, how the sausage gets made, and you sort of know the things that we do to ourselves mentally, um, it, both good and bad. And so the good doesn't really stick with me as much because I just know I'm I'm tricking myself. Mm. Um but it's she brings up some very interesting discussion points and uh I, I I'd say subscribe to her, watch along, um give it a chance. Like I said, it, it didn't seem like the kind of thing I was going to really go in for at first, but um I've been intrigued by it. So I mm. uh, definitely recommend people uh support her and watch and, and maybe you'll learn something. I don't know. Dylan. Um, I don't think I've done this yet, but uh, Infiltration. It's a board game that was designed by Donald X. Vaccarino. I guess that's, ah. that's the guy who uh, designed Dominion. Yeah. Um, it kind of feels like Boss Monster in the sense that you're running through a, a dungeon um, trying to collect um, data tokens. It's, it's set in the Android universe. Um, but the difference is the game builds the dungeon and you go deeper and deeper and you have to get out before the timer um, hits. It's better than Boss Monster because you're not just watching someone else go through the dungeon. I, dis- doing it. I, I disagree. I, I like Boss Monster better than Infiltration. Boss Monster has a lot of more complicated mechanics, I feel like, where you have to, like, it takes you more plays to figure out, to feel like you've got some control. But what I like about Infiltration is it's basically a risk and reward game. Do you stay in the uh, um, facility longer or do you and pressure luck or do you give up a few turns worth of loot to get out? 
Oh, I, um, I really don't get me wrong. I, I like Boss Monster conceptually, and its production design is excellent. The artwork is awesome, and it did, it does a good job. But it just didn't click with me because it felt like watching someone else play the video game. It, as opposed it, to Infiltration, which feels like you're actually the one playing it. The the one thing I like about it is every game of this I've played, and it it's a very quick game, although it has a lot of fiddly little tokens that you have to set up. Every game I've played turns backstabby hmm. in a good way. So um, I, you know, to keep keep other people from escaping the facility, I do. I, I agree with what you're saying though, Chad. Like, but I think if you if you play Boss Monster a couple of times, like it took me a couple of games before I finally played a game, one where I wasn't having to kind of like mediate for everyone and explain all the little weird quirks of the rules. And two, that I could just, you know, like, I figured out, like, yes, I could build a normal room on top of this other normal room so that I can destroy it for this purpose and still have a room. And, you know, like, the mechanics clicked and I felt like I, I had a little more control. So I would give it a few more chances. I'd, I'd have to do the same thing with Infiltration because I didn't feel like there was a lot strategically that was there. It was just like, it, it felt kind of random because of the timer and some of the things that could happen in well, different it, rooms. It, it may be like we're having kind of the same problem and it's just, it I it didn't feel random to me. It really felt like it was a good, it had a lot of good backstabbing mechanics to it. It's it's a risk right heavy game. That's that's the thing. It's a risk heavy game and you know, there are alternate ways out of the facility if you go deeper, so you can choose to go deeper instead of running back out. Yeah. But again, it's it's kind of the same way where it takes a few games, especially if you, you know, for example, take damage your first game and have to deal with being delayed every time you move. Yeah. Let's It takes a while to figure out. Anyway, well, Tell you what, we can always try. We can always try a couple more games of each and get a true picture there. Yeah, we'll see yeah. how it goes. Um, anyway, did you guys have other recommendations? Chad, go. I recommend not leaving your warcaster out in the open when Dylan's around. Yeah. Yesterday. You want to explain that? I I should explain. Yesterday, I talked Dylan into playing War Machine, and. My Juggernaut, which is a big axe-wielding Kador Heavy, took out its counterpart, its Signar counterpart, in about two rounds. Just ran up to it and smashed it into scrap. And I destroyed one of his other Warjacks, and then he won anyway. Hmm. I I won't say, like, I, I made a couple... I I made a couple moves that I think drew you out that way, but I wasn't planning yeah. on it. I was just like, oh, I'm dead. Wait a minute! I'm not dead. Yeah, but it was fun. I I recommend trying uh, trying that. Charlie, what you got? Um, let's see. This is one I've been saving up because we weren't doing recommendations for a while. But I am going to recommend John, and. And hold on, I've, I know what you're saying. I of course you I, are. I can't disagree with this anymore. But go ahead. But let me let me let me lay out for you a number of a number of, of, of well 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 thought out reasoning. Um, first off, he he knows a lot about anime. 
It's true. Like more, probably more than you know, whoever you are listening, unless you're Basil. Um, and then it's then it's then it's a, a neck and neck race. I feel. Um, I like that you have to call out specific people. Like, well, well, I mean, when we only have three listeners, that yeah. Um, he he knows a lot about fighting games, which which is completely outside of my wheelhouse. So anything I know about fighting games probably either came from 1994 from or or previous or him. Um, knows a lot about JRPGs. Again, uh, my experience with those probably ends somewhere around 2000. So anything anything post 2000 that I know about them probably comes from him. Um, just, just a, a, a wealth of knowledge, um, and, 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 and willing to share that, um, with anyone, um, generally has, has strong opinions, but, but generally has, has reasoning behind them and can explain that, uh, so, so you, you can, you can learn a lot. I, th- I feel um, even if even if you don't agree with his opinion, um, I also a, a a easy person to to get along with. Um, any anybody that's that's any of you that have li- that are listening that have met him, um, very very friendly person, very outgoing. So there are a lot of reasons, and I and I think it, it also bears adding. I, I would like I would like just like to to throw in uh, some words from a song by They Might Be Giants, uh, and I, I I will be I will be quoting them not necessarily with the spirit of the song, but but with a more with a more sincere sincere spirit. Um, outnumbered a million to one, all of the dicks in this dick town can't keep Johnny down. Men piled up in a towering mound, none of them once has found a way to keep Johnny down. And they can't, can't keep Johnny down, they haven't yet built the man that can keep old Johnny down. God bless you, Charlie. Ow. God bless you, that's, that's far too kind. Nah. That's, that's, that's quite possibly that the nicest diatribe anyone has ever had about me. <laughs> thank you very much, I'm very touched. I think it's also the only one. But it, also, also factually true. I get to be first and number one at the same time. And and last. You will be the alpha and the omega of the John recommendation, but I do appreciate that. Thank you. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. Oh, God. Well, I'm flustered. All right. So so right here, after, if you hadn't tuned out already, um, and I'm, I'm about to destroy the ending to Lightning Returns. I am going to tell you every last little detail about the end and about the story. So, if if you're cool with that, that's fine. Just know I am not holding back for you any longer. So here we go. <laughs> um, I did finish the game, obviously. Um, and you know how I was kind of talking about how the game works. You know, you you're sort of set on this uh, superficial timeline, you know, you've got you know, 13 days so to speak. You, you start out with 7 days and you're trying to build to 13. And if you do enough shit, you can get a 14th day. And that's really how you get the secret ending, is you uh, do a certain number of side quests. Now there are side quests and then there are like 
side side quests uh, that you get off of this request board. Those don't count towards giving the secret ending. It's just the ones that are listed in the game as side quests. Um, and I think you have to do like 40. I ended up doing like 57 or something like that. Something around close to 60. Um, so I had you know plenty to go around, but um, I think what it was was that I ended up doing all the main quests by like the end of day five or something like that. So I had a lot of free time. You know, basically had a week's worth of time to do random shit. Um, so I did a, almost not every side quest, but I did the vast majority of the side quests that you can do. I did the vast majority of you know like eighty five ninety percent of all the 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 prayer board requests that lightning gets. Um, so I was you know I was I was raring to go by the time that the end of the game came around. And it's kind of interesting because there is a new Game Plus feature, and there are some things towards the end of the game, and there are some quests that are definitely, even though you can attempt them on your first playthrough, they're definitely they're they're definitely things that are more achievable on like your second, third, or fourth playthrough because some some of the bosses are very challenging. Um. Anyway, got to the end of the game, and you know the whole game has had this, you know, as we talked about a few weeks ago. This, you know, you lightning is Jesus. Um, <laughs> she is sent out by Benevelza, who they refer to as God more often than not, um, to save as many souls as you can before the end of the world, because uh, Benevelza is creating a new world, and basically all the souls are going to go over there. Well, there was a plot twist, of course there was, and what God was really trying to do was he was just trying to to bring in select souls, you know, like the chosen few, into the new world. And all these others were just going to be destroyed and forgotten. And that was a bad thing, apparently, so <laughs> Lightning tries to stop him. Okay, so you literally kill God in this game. Which I, I, I don't know what that says, but you kill God in this game. Lightning says, we don't need God anymore, I'm going to kill God. And, uh... Wow. And then all the souls... This is kind of the weird thing about this game. Literally everyone ostensibly dies, including Lightning, because they, all their souls go to the new world. Um, does anyone want to guess where this new world takes you? Oh, no. It's Earth. Of course it's Earth. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you kind of get a glimpse of the planet right before the credits roll. And it's like, you know, that planet looks kind of familiar to me. Uh, and um, then, is is the, is the is it is in the credits? Do you get to meet? Does Lightning get to meet Alphonse Elric and and the guy from Eureka Seven and whoever the hell else? <laughs> and uh, Charlton Heston from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> that would be such a great story, like a fanfic of everyone who ended up on Earth from other you know stories. And Charlton Heston, because it's the Planet of the Apes. Um. <laughs> they did it. They finally did it. <laughs> you blew it up. Um, Does it have Abraham Lincoln? Uh, oh, maybe. No. Get out! <laughs> Help me, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Anyway. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. I'm um, sorry. Um, that's a that's an old Simpsons reference for you guys. Yes, stop the planet of the apes. Untick it off. Um, anyway, credits roll, and I did enough shit to get the secret ending. Well, the secret ending... It's kind of got a neat symmetry to it, um, because the Final Fantasy XIII starts off on a train, 
the the secret ending of Lightning Returns starts on the train as well. Lightning is sitting here riding on this train, watching the scenery go by. It, you know, the the new world very very earth looking, and then as you start to see more and more, you start to see things like cars, and you see a plane and a vapor trail overhead. I'm like, yeah, this is happening right now, isn't it? And uh, you know, as as she gets off the train, she walks past the sign. It's in French, and uh, you know, she's talking about you know this journey is over, and I wonder when the next one will begin. But I know I'll get to see you again. And ostensibly, I assume she's talking about her sister because they they meet at the end, and then they all go to the new world and yada yada. But as it pans out, you know, you kind of see, you know, the this rolling hillside and cars and all this other stuff. It's obviously Earth. Okay? It's obviously, like, right now, goddamn now, Earth. <laughs> so here's what Final Fantasy has, has officially accomplished. They have accomplished making a Final Fantasy creation myth. So, you know, <laughs> along with along with the Bible and, you know, your, your godless scientific explanations and the flying spaghetti monster, um, I think we're going to start a campaign to have, uh, you know, lightningology or whatever the hell it is <laughs> taught in the schools. You wow. know, uh, a 60-hour course that compri- that's comprised of uh, playing through Lightning Returns, getting the secret ending, and taking a test. Uh, <laughs> maybe writing a paper, I don't know. I, I have taken more useless courses, so... <laughs> Haven't we all... Let me, let me understand this. So the next Final Fantasy game is obviously going to be a game where you assemble a team of people who can build a motorcycle, who can jump over the giant galactic shark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say no to that. Because um, one, you, you can't jump the shark if there is literally no continuity between numbered sequels. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that there's continuity or just like, you kill God and go to modern day. Okay. Like, <laughs> it, you know what? Um, the, the, they, they, they did everything in Final Fantasy XIII. Um, I have to say, I kind of... I, I did not like the second one at all. Uh, partly because you weren't playing as Lightning... Partly because it did sort of the Chrono Cross thing where, you know, they undid everything you did in Final Fantasy thirteen. Mm. And I don't know, I, I just it, it's it felt like they're trying to be too cute with everything and, and try and do something different. And Lightning Returns did something I wish they had done from the start, which was just eschewed everybody else and had you just playing as Lightning. And they actually did in Lightning Returns, did kind of a decent job of um, tackling in the story, Lightning's sort of taking it all on herself mentality and uh, not being able to trust other people. Be- and and mm-hmm. the the last soul she ends up saving is her own because you know why not? Why not? If you're going for cliches, let's just go for all the cliches. <laughs> um, but they they did some interesting things as far as her characterization that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to. I'm just kind of going into her her personality a bit. Um, I will say about the secret ending, um, I, I had an idea that they really should have done. If they were going to go over the whole ham, you know, Final Fantasy characters are now in the real world with us in this day and age. Um, what they should have done, instead of having the CG ending, it should have been live action. 
and they should have had and 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 you know there's two language tracks so there should have been two videos there should have been one video with the japanese voice actress getting off off the train and there should have been another one of valley hillis like i i would pay so much money uh, to just film, you know, like the, a two-minute short film of just Ali Hillis recreating the scene and getting off on the plane. So did they have I, this... Uh, I like this. Did, did they have them reading a newspaper article about Cylons being created? No, no. It's, oh. No, it's it's not that far into the future, Chad. It, it was, it was no, no. you know, France, modern day. It, it, that's, it sounds like, kind of like the ending of Battlestar Galactica, the very last scene. Oh, that that last scene didn't happen. No, I don't care. Was, Revealing that cheesy. the planet that they settled on millions of billions of years million, now, millions of years later, is ours. Yes, of course it is. Because why not? It was and, trying to be edgy, like and, 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 and we the appa- machines back. Apparently, the song "All Along that the change. Watchtower" you know dates back billions of years. Because why not? It's embedded in the human subconscious. Uh, uh, because why not? understand. I, I, I don't either. Fuck, fuck that show, man. Like, I was I was into it for for a little bit, and then I got to that point, I'm like, nope, I'm out. Uh, I mean, I fuck that show, I man. Was, I was so far into it at that point, I was just like, I'm just gonna ignore this. Like, okay, whatever. That, you're you're, you're uh, in denial territory now. I'm not saying it was good, I'm just saying like, I'm... Yeah. I, I, I understand being committed to something where you have to watch the end of it, but, oh, man. I the more I think about it, the more I like that. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that was a that was a hell of a thing. I I, I just I don't know where to go with it anymore. You know that it, it it's 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 so weird. So such a weird idea. Who said, "Yeah, you know, you know, would be a great way to end to to just end these three games. Let's put them on Earth, like right right now. You know, maybe, maybe some not? maybe some jackass will go looking for looking for for the other characters. <laughs> can can there be can there be a, a Final Fantasy thirteen four where lightning is working in in like a call center or something? <laughs> you know, lightning goes to Starbucks." You know. I absolutely love this idea. I I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Not saying that's a bad idea. Not saying a Final Fantasy game set in the real world would be a bad idea, but I well, I guess you wouldn't have magic anymore. And you can't exactly go around No, it, it it should be it should be like per, you know, Persona 4, but you know, with all the supernatural elements taken out and the game is just completely about the mundane. You know, you can level up Lightning's attributes like her, you know, determination and her, her work ethic and you know her her personality. You can work on those things. The thing, the things that are w- sound way more fun to do in a video game than they are in real life when you try this, and do them. This actually sounds like it could turn into a uh, less. A sim. No, it it makes me think of uh, Papers Please, which is a game that I think it's on Steam, maybe a couple of other places. You play a guy who is working a border crossing in like an, a communist country in the 80s. And, you know, your wow. family is starving and you have to, you know, you have to follow all these rules for uh, checking passports and things like that. And if someone gets by, you get fined. 
Um, so the idea is like you, and you also have to make sure that like you don't let a terrorist in or something like that. This I sounds think. like this sounds like the kind of game that some hipster would make as social commentary. It, it, it is. is. That's exactly what it is. And in the end, like I played through eight days of it, and my pretty much all of my family is dead. So. <laughs> That's that's what it should be. Oh, so well. this is where we've come. We've come that, full circle. That game exists. That game exists. Actually, yes. Well then. Um. Yeah, that's 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 been a week, guys. Uh, appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, shout shout outs to uh, the real lightning if if you're listening, you know, in France or wherever the hell you are. Oh, good yeah. point. She could be. You know. Big, big right, fans. We're going to be listening to our podcast. Big, big fans, you know. Uh, I think it's more likely that this character exists than that anybody's listening to the podcast. I think, know, it, I think it's neck and neck at zero. I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you why that uh, this, this character doesn't exist. Because no one has sued uh, Square Enix for uh, royalties over, you know, rights to their autobiography. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm starting to think that maybe there's, like, some sort of Little Mermaid thing going on, and maybe Ali Hillis is a witch that stole Lightning's voice. <laughs> but, so, so, so she could walk on land or something? I don't know. So Al- Ali Hillis is Ursula in this in this version. Yes, she is, she is a beautiful temptress that has... Uh, uh, stolen for Lightning's voice, and uh, I'm you know now now she's trying to find Prince Eric, and I I don't know, man. I'm not saying that's that that makes more sense than the uh, <laughs> the, the ending that you just described, but it makes an equal amount of sense. It it <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did enjoy the game though, so there's that. Anyway, fuck this. We're done. <laughs> We're done. Good night, everybody. Go home. <laughs> <laughs>